You know, when we have faith and trust in God, there is always hope. And that's actually what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about infectious hope. Now, you know, we all hope for the best, right? Not just in our families and situations like that. We want to be successful. We want to be healthy. We want to be happy. We want to have good marriages and good jobs. We hope that our kids will do well. We hope for peace and justice. We hope that COVID-19 will stay out of New Zealand. We hope this year will be much better than 2020. So I just want to take a moment, and why don't we all stand, and let's just pray. Let's just pray for 2021. Why don't you commit, if you haven't already, why don't you commit 2021 to the Lord? Just for a moment, and then I'll pray. Come on, right across this room. Let God hear hear your voice. Lift up this year to Him. Jesus. Oh, Oh, Father, today as we gather, Lord, online and together as a family in the, in the room, we thank you that you are here, God, and we thank you that your plans are yes and amen, and you have a great hope and a great plan for this new year, and we just commit all our individual years to you, God, and we commit the corporate year, Lord, of Church Unlimited, of New Zealand, Lord, just of this year in general to you, God, and we place it into your hands, God, and we say you work and you move. Father, and as we look at your word right now, we ask, God, speak to us. God, open our ears and open our eyes. God, fill us with hope. God, because we know that you are the only source of hope. God, so we lift, Lord, all our concerns, all our worries, all our anxieties, Lord, about this new year into your hands, God, and we give it to you in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Well, why don't you take a seat? And... Well, you've probably all heard it said that men, I don't know about women, but let's just go with men. Men can live 40 days without food. I certainly can't. But three days without water, eight minutes without air. Man, eight minutes is a long time. But only one second without hope. You don't, I don't really know how accurate that is. I've never tried any of those. No, I'm not going to try. But it certainly is true that heaps of people today are actually dying from a lack of hope. Hope is one of the most powerful and important forces in our lives. Where there is hope, there is life. But we hear the results of hopelessness all the time. And that feeling of hopelessness can affect any one of us at any time. You know, I know personally when things start to look hard and and difficult and we feel stuck, we start to feel hopeless. I start to feel hopeless. When there seems like there's nothing good in life, it can get very dark very quick. But thankfully, I know where my hope comes from. I don't tend to get caught in that dark place for too long. But you know, on TV One, just towards the end of last year, there was a program about men's mental health. And there's a story from a barber in Auckland And he said, and I I got shocked about the story. He said that at least twice every week, he would have a guy come and sit in his chair and he'd start cutting his hair and he'd never met the person before and so they'd get chatting. And the guy had come to get his hair done and his bed done as the last act because he just wanted to look good before he went. And, And I'm just like, what? What are you thinking? And he just said that he was able to find them hope 
and just tell them that there's a way out. But the truth is, life is hard for so many people, including some Christians. And people, honestly, people really believe that they'd be better off dead. But it's not the truth. You know, we have been created on purpose for a purpose. And let, let's be honest, yes, heaven will be better. But that's part of our hope, that heaven will be better. But once we've finished our race, once we've run our course, once we've done what God has created us for, and if you need hope today, if you're watching online and you're here in the service, you've come to the right place. Because one of the key reasons to our hopelessness, the epidemic in our society right now, is people are always looking in the wrong place to find hope. The world says you need a new job, a different home, or even to move out of Auckland. Don't do it. Don't move out of Auckland. If you live out of Auckland, come back. But anyway, a new church, a new wife or husband, more money, an overseas trip. Well, COVID stopped that, hasn't it? A new car or even a new pastor, maybe that will solve. No, hope's not in any of those things. Hope placed anywhere else but in Christ will disappoint. Psalm 39 says, O Lord, my hope is in you. And I want to say God is not our last hope. He is our only hope. You know, he is our only hope. I heard a story about an optimist. I'm not sure if this is true. You can decide for yourself who fell from the top story of a skyscraper. And as he was hurtling towards the ground, somebody overheard him yelling, past the 10th floor, so far, so good. <laughs> I honestly don't have that kind of hope. I'm pretty sure gravity will win. But today I want you to know that God can fill you with hope, not just for today, but for your future and for those around us. So if you've got your Bibles or your phones, I want you to turn to Isaiah 30, uh, 43, because there's a verse there um, that I want to share. But what's really interesting is I've just found out that Jensen Franklin is preaching on, that, on this particular verse right now at the moment too. I love it when God's speaking like in New Zealand and around the world at the same time. So this is Isaiah 43, verse 18. Forget about what's happened. Forget about it. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. I love these, this language. It's exciting. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the wilderness, rivers in the desert. On the second Sunday of 2021, I feel God is saying we need to forget about last year. <clears throat> Sorry. Or maybe... What has happened for you in the past? Because God wants to do a new thing. Say a new thing. New okay, you're, you're with me. He wants to bring rivers into your life in areas where it may seem a bit dead. He wants to bring breakthroughs or change when you seem like there's no hope. God wants to do something new in your life. And I've heard people say, well, I just hope things go back to normal after COVID-19. Go back to the way things were. Well, I want to say God is not saying that. But I, and I have way more faith than that. I'm not just hoping things go back to normal because I believe for way more. I'm believing for way more. Who's with me? See, I think normal was comfortable. Normal was spiritually safe for most of us. Sadly, normal was spiritually lukewarm. I believe with all my heart that COVID-19 is a wake-up call to the church around the world, not just here in New Zealand, but around the world to start 
to be strong, to stand up, to be united. Man, it's amazing. What's our conference called? Stronger Together. You know, we, we called this, we named this before COVID-19 even came to New Zealand. The church, that's the big C, not us, but the church, all of us, we need to be bold in what we know. That, and you know what we know? That Jesus is the answer. He is the answer. He is the only one that changes lives. He's the only one that will make sense when nothing makes sense. And he is doing something brand new. I'm not sure what it is. We've got our prophets here this morning. I'm not sure if they really know, but God is doing something new. And he is going to break out. And we need to get excited about it. Is anyone excited? That's a few of us. See, as Christians, we have a hope for a great year ahead, no matter what happens. We do have hope for it. And God's saying it's time to get excited and time to get passionate about it. But not just for ourselves, because on top of that, as believers, we have the privilege and opportunity to spread hope and expectation and excitement for the future. But I want to say this. You and I have the opportunity to spread hope. Tell your neighbor, you can spread hope. See, COVID-19 has taught us a few things about spreading things around, right? Because viruses are very contagious. They are infectious. We called this message infectious hope. But what I've noticed is even more infectious than COVID-19 is fear. Look what happens when somebody tells you that toilet paper is running out. (laughs) Fear spreads like wildfire. You know, you or I get worried or afraid, and then the next person next to us starts getting worried or afraid, even if the thing's not even real. You know, and I want to be honest with you, what I was most worried about last year was not myself getting COVID-19, but finding out that I had it and I had spread it to others. I was more worried about infecting my family, infecting the staff, or even worse, infecting you guys. That's what I was worried about. But I have to say today, unfortunately, (laughs) is it on? Oh, is it on? I have to say today, sorry, I am infectious. Can you hear me all right? But please don't call the government or the Ministry of Health because I don't want to go into isolation during the holidays. (laughs) See, I'm infectious and so are you. I could keep preaching like this, this is not bad. See, I'm not infectious of COVID-19, but of hope, of faith. I have faith, not fear. And what I'm carrying in my spirit, I can pass on. The truth is wherever people get near us, they catch what we have because we are carriers of something. Is that right? We pass around what we have in here. Are we carrying fear or faith of hope or hopelessness, of negativity, of worry or expectation? Do you see we are all carriers? You are a carrier. You are infectious. We're all infectious. Whenever people get near us, they catch what we have. The big question today is is what you are carrying worth catching? It's a good question, isn't it? If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. 
I want to show you something that I actually got from Craig Rochelle. See, I had this on my heart, and then I'm like, man, he said it even better than I did. So I'm just going to kind of share a little bit of what he said for a moment. In 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 2, Apostle Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica, where they were afraid and they were getting persecuted and they were really worried about what was going on. And he says in verse 2, We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. We, rem we remember these things about you. In verse 3, we remember, this is what we remember, your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope. Who? And our Lord Jesus Christ. What is he saying? In, in the difficult times, you still had faith, love, and hope. No matter what was happening in the world, they still had hope. But why did they have hope? Because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because they weren't trusting in the world, they were trusting in him. They knew who was in control of their lives. But then it's really interesting if you go down to, what is it, verse 5. And it says, when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but with power. See, Paul brought them the good news. He brought them the gospel. Not a virus, but he brought them something that would change their lives. And that virus of the gospel, of hope, was contagious. It's really interesting. Bad news is very contagious. If I told... If it's not going to happen, just telling you. In Jesus' name, it's not going to happen. But if sometime this week, all of a sudden, there was a news briefing at 10 o'clock at night by the Prime Minister, we don't need a special bulletin. The news spreads like wildfire, that you've got to watch TV. You know, it, it just spreads. But also good news spreads. You know, like when you hear a relative is having a baby or somebody's getting married, it's just like that. You know, you don't need to get on social media. It just goes. It goes everywhere. But hope in Jesus should even be more infectious, right? And we need to be spreading that even more than anything else. Because hope is infectious. And the good news that I want to share with you today is Jesus didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sin-sick world. He came for sinners like you and me. He came for us to cure us of sin so that we could find an eternal hope, a lasting hope that the world is actually searching for. And we have the answer. We actually have it. Some of us don't realize it, but we actually have it. So for those of you who are taking notes, there's two main points here. Number one, a personal relationship with Jesus gives us infectious hope. We need to know that our hope comes not from anywhere else, like a pay packet or a house or a family, but it comes from the creator of the universe. That's where our hope comes from. And when we get close to him, we have the hope that we will need. We just have to personally know where to find it. Is that right? So number one, we need to have that personal relationship to have infectious hope. But two, we need to be carriers of hope. The question is, are you infectious? See, to be able to pass that hope on to others, we need to first have it ourselves. So first of all, how do we get this hope? Well, it's really interesting. Isaiah 22, verse 13, we see a a quote that we kind of hear a little bit. Let us eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow not we die, but we die. And this is actually the children of Israel saying, hey, there's something really bad happening here, and what are we going to do? Actually, there's no hope. 
were given up. And what, to, what it turns out is that they were surrounded and they were about to get captured and they would either die or become slaves. So they were just basically saying, let's have a big party because who cares? Tomorrow we'll just we'll do whatever. Man, that just sounds like our world today, doesn't it? You know, that's how so many, so many people think. In Lamentations 1 verse 9, Jeremiah tells us why they started thinking like this. It's because they didn't consider, consider her future. They stopped thinking about the future. They were just living in the moment. And this is, you know, young people today, they're living in the moment. They're living today, now, but it's not. We've got a future. We've got a hope. We've got a purpose. And when you found Jesus, not only do you have a hope for the rest of your life, but you have a hope for eternity. And once we've got it, it changes the way we live. But we have to have that hope. Romans 15 verse 13, I love this. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That verse tells us two things we're going to look at. Number one, that God is the supplier of hope. He's the one. Not anywhere else, God is the supplier of hope, and he will give you the hope you need. If you need hope for whatever situation, don't look anywhere else but God. It's not in our government, although, honestly, we need to keep praying for wisdom for them and believe in God to bless them. Our hope is not in doctors or in the police or in any area of society. Our hope is not even the spiritual leaders of our nation or of this church. It has to be in Jesus. It has to be in Jesus. He is my hope. He is our only hope. You know, he is the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present one. Jesus is the one who healed the blinded eyes, who opened deaf ears, who, who has the power to raise the dead. Why do we look anywhere else? We just need to look for Jesus. And that has got to be where we look. So if you're lacking hope today, I'll tell you how to find it. Number one. Psalm 130 says, we've got to count on the Lord, and we've got to look to his word. This is what it says, I'm counting on the Lord. Yes, I'm counting on him. I've put my hope in his word. Now, if you don't have a reading plan for this year, I guarantee you, you're planning not to read the Bible. If you don't have a plan on how you're going to get into this book, get a plan. Okay, get a plan. I I love um, the uh, soul food that's found in um, the Word for Today from Radio Rima. Or get on to the version. It's what Jody and I are doing on version. You can find a Bible app. You can find a way to get into the book every day. But that's how you're going to keep building hope. You've got to get into the Word. Number two, to find hope, because we're carriers of something, get around people who've got the hope. If you're all around people who've got fear and they're afraid and they're worried, you know what you're going to get? You're going to catch it off them. But if you get around other people who are a bit passionate and a bit excited, something will happen. So you need to do that. And then Romans 15 says it through the Holy Spirit. You've got to pray in tongues. If you don't pray in tongues a lot and you're lacking hope, start praying in tongues. It's not a bad thing. And you know what's really great? You can pray in tongues anywhere and everywhere. Just maybe if you're on a bus, don't pray out loud. They might think you're wacky. But you need to pray in tongues. So get a personal relationship with Jesus. Know where to find that hope. But then number two, get infectious. We've got to be infectious because we are carriers. Romans 15, we just read it, says, so that you may overflow with hope. See, 
God wants us to be overflowing, to be abounding in hope. That means we've got hope in excess that when people get around us, they catch it because it's overflowing out of us. It's running over. But you have to have it first, and it has to be overflowing. And if it's not overflowing, get into the Word. Get around people. Pray in tongues because you should be abounding in hope. And when we are abounding in hope, we should be hugely passionate. So that means when you're on the golf course and you get the greenkeeper come near you, you talk to them. You don't ignore them. You've got to talk to people first. Because if you don't talk to them, they can't catch anything. If you're talking or meeting with people, mums or, or dads at the end of school, you don't just sit in your car and do nothing. As a Christian, as a passionate person, you get out of the car so they can catch something off you. You know, Jody and I, we, we're trying to befriend as many people as we can through the school. And it's just amazing what starts happening and opening up as you get out of the car, as you start bumping into people. And if you've got the hope, it should be overflowing. It should be overflowing. You know, you've got to be talking. You've got to be connecting. You know, the truth is God wants you, and this is a line I'd love for you to get. He wants us this year as Church Unlimited. And who's Church Unlimited? Okay, let's just say that again. Who's Church Unlimited? We're Church Unlimited. He wants Church Unlimited to be seeing, got to get this right, Saul's become Paul's. Right. Right. Yeah. He, this year, we are going to, we saw some last year, but we're going to see, and I want to declare, we're going to see hundreds of Saul's become Paul's. Yes. We are going to see it. But that's not the building or the meeting, that's you. That's you going and getting in touch with people and them catching hope. Because we are carriers of hope, right? We are carrying it. And that opportunity is going to come along. And we don't have to be evangelists. We don't have to be crazy people. Some of you may think I'm crazy. That's okay. But let me just, you may have heard this story, but let me just tell you a story that just shows you what it looks like. It's about a teacher who's employed by a hospital. Now, it doesn't say that she was a Christian, but let's just imagine she was, because it helps my story. But anyway, you understand. Anyway, she got asked to go and see a boy that nobody thought would live because of severe burns and he was in terrible pain. She was actually quite shocked to see the condition of the boy. But anyway, she went in there because that's what the nurse had asked her to do. And she stopped and she started teaching the boy. And she started teaching the boy English. I would have hated it. Started teaching the boy nouns and verbs and things like that. Oh, and then she went away after doing the lesson and she came back the next day. And the nurse comes to her and goes, what did you do? Well, probably not quite like that, but excited. What did you do? And she, I didn't do anything. I just taught him. And she said, no, no, no. He's turned around. He started healing. He's, he's actually sitting up. He's eating. He's doing so much better. Why? Well, because it turns out the boy thought of if it if they're going to bother sending a teacher in to start teaching me nouns and adverbs, then I've got a chance to live, don't I? See, the truth is we are carriers of hope. we just got to bring it. we just got to bring it into the situations. We've got to bring hope. We've got to bring life. We've got to bring excitement because people are looking for it. See, Jesus and the hope we find in the good news is the answer to the question that everyone is looking for. Hope is infectious. It is contagious. 
And we all need hope. I need hope. You need hope. We need hope every day. And the truth is, like I've said, lasting hope is only found not in coming to church. Sorry, church won't do it. You've got to have a personal relationship with Jesus. You have to have it. Yes, at times we will be afraid. I will be afraid. I will be fearful. It's okay. Because we know where to turn to to find that hope again. We know where to get that hope so it's overflowing us out of us again. It comes from finding it and being passionate and sold out about a Saviour and Lord who loves us, who is the answer. And I want to finish with reminding you of why we should be passionate about Jesus. Because he is the one who delivers the captives, and we're going to see it. He restores the broken. He strengthens the weak. He is our provider, our comforter, our source. That is who Jesus is. He is our strength, our redeemer, our rock, our sustainer. That's who my Jesus is. He is my foundation. He is my shelter in time of trouble. So you've got to see, if you don't know who Jesus is, you can't be passionate about it, and then you can't give out any hope. You've got to know who Jesus is. We should be so passionate because he is the one where in his presence, demons flee. Death couldn't defeat him. The grave could not hold him down. He is our risen King of Kings, isn't he? I I don't know, but somewhere along the line in 2021, some of us got to start getting passionate or else people are going to think, I don't want what you got. But the truth is they need what we got. We probably just don't have it overflowing out of us. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit excited. See, fear is contagious, but so is faith. Hate is contagious, but so is love. Worry and anxiety is contagious, but so is hope. I'm hope, I hope, I hope that I'm speaking to some carriers today. Because what we are carrying, I hope, if you're passionate about Jesus, is worth spreading. If the bank could come up. See, I'm passionate for the one who gives, who gave his life so that I could be forgiven, who makes me new. Is the world scary? Yes. Is God alive? Yes. Is he all-powerful? Yes. We need to know that. Is he in control? Yes. Was he surprised by COVID-19? No, he was not. Can he do all things? Yes. Of course he can. That's what the Bible tells us, and we believe in it because it's our hope. Will he always be with us? You're getting it. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is always good. As the world grows darker, church, our light must shine brighter. It must. Because of Jesus, we are not afraid. We live by faith, not by fear. Because of who? Because of Jesus. Not by hype, by Jesus. So I want to say, so whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever challenge seems too big to handle, Today, we look to Jesus. We look to Jesus because he is here, because he is good, and he he is always, always with us, and he is our only source of hope. That's who my Jesus is.